Hello, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm your host, Rick Johns, with my brother, Will Johns. And we are so excited to be with you talking about spiral dynamics. And Will, today we are covering the color green. Yeah, Rick, and this is a color you're going to see everywhere. Uh, some of the other colors, you, you know, may be more remote, might not as be as pervasive, but this color is all around us. And some of you just haven't quite had the language for it, but you feel it, you see it, it's all over the place. I know I haven't had the language for it because green is money. Is that what we're talking about, Will? And I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had a lot of money in my life, so this is foreign for me. Well, um, not exactly, but oh. uh, I could see why you can't relate to, to that aspect of green. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us what is green really about? So before we get into it, we need to remember that the goal of this entire podcast on Spiral Dynamics is compassionate understanding. Mm. Uh, and when we approach this in a healthy way, we appreciate where we've come from and are excited about where we're going. Yeah. And, and so as we look into some of the weaknesses of green today, we do so with a full and complete appreciation of its strengths. All right, that sounds good. And you know, Will, we kind of left off last time. You were t we were talking about orange and then looking at some of the strengths of green. And it reminded me as you referenced the book that you wrote, which is a pretty decent book, I got to admit. Everything is better than you think. You can find it on Amazon. You're welcome, Will. Thank you for that plug. Absolutely. Yes. And I was thinking about another friend of ours who also wrote a book and it just got published and he had a few copies lying around home and then he was gluing something for something that had broken and without noticing he was doing it on top of the book that he just wrote and once you know he glued himself to his own book which was an autobiography uh. yeah and that is his story and he's sticking to it oh boo, 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 boo. <laughs> i thought you'd appreciate that one will as a as an author it's an author's dad joke oh man Ouch. Well, thank you for that, Rick, to, to get us started today. You're welcome. Um, one reminder, if you want some visuals on Spiral Dynamics, you can find it on our new website, mysoulcare.net, and you'll see that link in the show notes below. Mm-hmm. So let's recap some of the strengths of green, and then we're going to really take some time today to look at some of the weaknesses and challenges with green. And one of the reasons we want to spend more time on green today is because green is the leading edge in our society today, especially here in North America. Green is the leading edge, the main thing. So we want to be aware of the strengths and weaknesses of green. Yes. And, and when color is the leading edge, it means that it pervades all of the other colors in some way it affects them, it kind of molds them in a certain way. But as you said, Rick, starting with, with a recap of some of the strengths of green, one of, one of those that, that I greatly appreciate is that green is incredibly inclusive. Mm -hmm. Green has made it its goal to give a voice to everyone, to bring everyone to the table, to listen to the stories, of all kinds of people. And 
you know, to just be open to these uh, diverse stories, these different ways of living and being and different perspectives that are all around us in the world exactly. today. Exactly. And, and there's a high value on equality for green. And remember, this is going, coming out of the unhealth of orange. Orange created a lot of hierarchy, love to label everything. Orange in its unhealth loved to see itself as superior and certain people and things uh, were rated as superior. And green comes along and says, uh, no, everything, every human has value. Yes. And green also says animals have value and the planet has value and life in general has value. So green comes along and says, hey guys, you, you're getting carried away with this kind of ruthless, cold-hearted science that creates hierarchies and allows for the mistreatment and abuse of certain things, corporations that abuse uh, the continent, the planet, the people. Green comes along and says, this is not right. There has to be other goals and values than just the bottom line. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that Green has developed what they call the triple bottom line. And this evaluates a company not just on its success financially, although that is one of the elements of the triple bottom line, but also in how the company makes an impact on the world and the environment as a whole, and how the company treats its employees as they work at the company. So there's this more holistic view, taking much bigger factors in mind, kind of correcting the problem with Orange, where it just only cared about the money and the financial success. Exactly. Orange can be very materialistic. Orange can be very arrogant. Orange can be abusive. And so Green comes along and says, there are some values that have been lost in this scientific wave, in this business, commercial, industrial, marketing world in which we are plunged. And we need to get to that place of soul and heart and the value and preciousness of life. So all these causes that we see in our world today, and man, there's a million of them now in our green culture. Everybody's got a cause. We're doing races for somebody every every weekend. There's a race for somebody. Yes. Um, we're, we're tying pink uh, on our football players. Even we talked about football last week. Yep. They wear pink in a certain month for a cause for breast cancer and cancer awareness. So there's all these causes, which is a very green thing to do. Yeah. And, and what I also appreciate so much about green is that there's a compassion Yes. For the marginalized and the powerless. Right. And and some of that we take for granted today, Rick. Um, I'm thinking back, you know, to the uh, mid-1800s uh, when the, the railways were laid across our country. That was a huge advance in transportation and technology uh, at its time. But those railroads were built by people that were greatly abused in the process. Yeah. Uh, for instance, if a man was working on the railroad and in an accident lost an arm, let's say, which that's terrible enough in and, in and of itself that he would be in such an unsafe environment that he might lose a limb, but he would be immediately fired from his job and would be destitute financially for the yeah. rest of his life. Just discarded. Completely discarded. Uh, the company would take no responsibility 
for yeah. putting him in harm's way. And and it, it was devastating for so many families. And then those that did maintain their health and continue to work, they were paid the absolute lowest amount of money possible yeah. uh, to get somebody to do the job. And so you had these, these guys working 16-hour days, um, killing themselves yeah. for, a, for just a meager uh, wage that they could barely survive on. And Will, that's just one illustration. I mean, there are millions mm-hmm. throughout the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s of how Orange was used to abuse, how Orange became cruel, how Orange lost its soul. I remember listening to a podcast talking about slavery, and slavery is a great example because when science came along, they used science to justify slavery, Mm. to put down the black race, the African people, and they had scientific papers, horrible things written that were supposedly scientific showing they were inferior, so therefore they could only be slaves, uh, which of course we know is completely untrue. But you had the same thing when uh, the Nazis and Hitler tried to take over. He created science to try to prove that there was pure blood and you needed just this better race should be the one that is surviving and all this kind of crazy way that you use science to put down others and, and in its most horrible form to torture, kill as an excuse to eliminate or eradicate a whole race of people. Yeah, and that that is the the ultimate stain on on oranges uh, systems, is that Hitler put those same systems to work to systematically uh, kill people mm-hmm. at you know six million people going through his system, his machine of death. And I think it's not surprising, Rick, that green started yeah. to develop soon thereafter, after World War II. So historically, what Hitler did shocks the world into a wake-up call. Well, and I would say the beginnings of green were even before that, because you do have have abolitionists, you do have people raising their voices saying, hold on, wait a minute, we've gone too far with this. We need to respect all humans. We need to respect the planet. We need to respect all life. And so it's just taken, you know, a while before the green movement really has gotten huge and strong like it is today. Yes. So now that we've covered their strengths. <laughs> yes, yes. Now let's go ahead and see kind of the dark side of green. And remember, you know, the, the, like all colors, the weaknesses of green develop by taking a good idea too far. And so we have to be careful with each of these colors that just because there's a weakness doesn't mean everything about the color is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, every color has strengths and weaknesses. Yep. That, that sounds pretty human, doesn't it, Rick? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if this is a, a human thing. And remember, these, these are not only kind of groups and movements and history. These are philosophies of life that each of us, that are kind of inside of all of us, and we each uh, have the, the potential to either resonate or have a, a what we might call a center of gravity in one of these colors that we resonate with more. But whatever colors are center of gravity, we're also probably most prone to the weaknesses of that color as well. Right. So it's good to do some introspection as we talk. I think one of the major weaknesses of green, and we'll start with this one, I think, Will, is that truth starts to become relative. 
And what I mean by that is once you start to give everyone a voice, once you say that everyone is equally important, then there's no one set of truth. There's no one good belief. Everybody, if you believe this, that's fine. If you believe that, that's fine. This culture is just as valuable as that culture. These beliefs are just as valuable as those beliefs. And truth becomes very relative. And we honor your truth, whatever your truth. And we even hear this today in society. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's your truth. As well, if there's no truth outside of your own subjective truth. And you, you used to hear, maybe not quite as much now, but you used to hear people say, well, that's true for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine if that's true for you. Which is a very green thing to that's say. That's true for me. Now, Rick, it goes even farther than this with green. There have actually been academic papers published that have gone so far as to say there is no truth. Like <laughs> that truth doesn't even exist. It's not even possible. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think... I think there's a, there was a, a helpful correction with Green in saying we need to approach truth with more humility. Sure. We need to approach it, you know, because Orange in its weakness got very arrogant. Yes. And thought, I know it all. You know, I know right. what the truth is on everything. So Green came along and rightly said, wait, we need a little more humility. Maybe my perspective isn't the only one. You know, yeah. maybe there's different ways of looking at different things. Right. But in the extreme, and very detrimentally, Green came to the conclusion that there is no truth. Yeah. And the ramifications of that uh, become huge. And the kind of the corollary with that is that there's therefore no hierarchies. Yes. Because everyone is equal. So Green tries very hard to level that playing field and say, it doesn't matter who you are, you have rights you have value, you're entitled to your opinion, your perspective, no matter how crazy or different or odd, and we should value all of it. But this becomes problematic. Yeah, because there, there, when you say there is no hierarchy, then you're saying that no one way of doing things are, uh, is better than another. Mm -hmm. Here's the major problem of this: these two weaknesses of green, no truth, no hierarchies, is that they are essentially what we would call a performative contradiction. And that is essentially green is pulling the rug out from underneath itself. A performative contradiction is something where the belief itself undermines itself. Yes. If that makes sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so essentially green is saying there is no truth except for this one, that there is no truth. <laughs> and it's saying there is no hierarchy, except for my hierarchy, that there is no hierarchy. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My, my belief is superior to your beliefs, because my belief says all beliefs are superior. But then that performative contradiction is, well, then you're putting your belief that all beliefs are superior above anybody else's belief, that there might be levels or things that are more accurate than others. Clearly, you know, I, I'd like to kind of hammer a little more on the no, the no truth piece, because I think that's the one that is completely unsustainable. Mm -hmm. um, because once you say there's no truth, then anything else that Green attempts to teach uh, is out the window. Yeah. Because it's not true. Right. If it's not true, it doesn't matter. Why pay attention to it? Yeah. You know? 
and and so again the performative contradiction yeah yeah and that this has been a huge problem for green and and for society as a whole and and what happens is what's even worse is that this has infected all of the colors below it mm. and so the leading edge has that power it has that ability to go and affect and influence all the previous colors and so we've seen other colors take the same approach that there is no truth can you give an example yeah so let's just imagine for a moment mm -hmm. i want everyone to you know all our listeners just to use their imagination for a moment yeah just imagine you're living in a world where when you point out the logical fallacies of someone's belief on social media they will simply double down on their belief and then attack you in return. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that. I know, I know, it's, it's crazy. Imagine a world where every political election would have both candidates claiming that they won. Mm. This is the no truth world. Mm. Um, and mm. that's, you know, the major, major problem of where green may be taking us. Yeah, absolutely, Will. And we didn't even realize, I think, the effects and the influence that green would have because it started out so pure and it started out with such good intentions. And then you can even see green used by people who probably aren't that green, but like a good red person who's very narcissistic and selfish and ambitious can come in and say, hey, I have the truth just as much as anyone else. Follow me, and I'm going to tell you the things you just want to hear and allow you to push aside all the green stuff you don't like because truth is relative. And so now, as you said, Will, green bleeds back into red, allows red to have a power it didn't have before. And now we're kind of back to the unhealth of red in those kind of situations. Like you said, maybe imagine a world where anyone could have their own talk show, could have their own podcast, <laughs> yeah. could have their own TV show and say whatever they want and claim that it's true, even if it is terribly untrue. Yeah, and it's re it creates a lot of confusion. It creates a lot of division. Ironically. Um, you know, and so here, Green, who has the heart to bring people together. Yeah. Uh, with this issue of no truth, it creates massive division because in a world, Rick, where there's no truth, number one, it's completely unsustainable for society. But number two, it leads to nihilism and narcissism. That's all that's left yeah. if there's no truth. It's whatever. Nihilism is like there's no meaning or purpose to anything. Yeah. And, and narcissism is just, it's all about me. Again, and, very ironic, since it started from the two opposite positions, that yes. everyone is important, and everyone should be valued, but it leads to narcissism, and nihilism because it started with the desire for a cause, to champion those who yes. are beaten down, marginalized, oppressed. It started with a passion to help the underprivileged, to help those who are abused by the powers and the arrogance, the broad systems that were marginalizing. And here we are now, after years of green, with everybody now getting that power to abuse and to claim truth 
and we discard the hierarchies. So now who has the right to come in and correct this? Well, there's nobody. Yes. Yes. We don't trust our authorities. We don't trust the government. We don't trust our leaders. We don't trust the experts. We've undermined a lot of that science that actually helped us for many centuries. Now we've undermined it saying, well, what do they really know? That science is, you know, they're just cocky experts who think they know it all, trying to control our lives. We're valuable. We can live the way we want. It's kind of like the difference between, you know, if you say no hierarchies, then I could either go to the foremost medical expert in the world if I had, say, some disease, or my cousin Vinny in a back alley. <laughs> and with no hierarchy, the results should be the same. Yeah. You know, because I I am saying one doesn't know more than the other. Yeah. And it's clearly just doesn't make any sense, you know, when we start to pull this apart. Well, and in the medical world, we have seen the rise of alternative medicines and all sorts of homeopathic. And I'm not putting any of that down because I think there is some science behind some of that. But you also do have some kooks out there who are peddling this potion or this crazy practice to try to cure cancer. And people are rejecting proven scientific medicines and treatments for somebody who just on a whim said, well, if you eat a little bit of this and mix it with that, and then your cancer will be gone in 10 days. When you take away the hierarchy, when you take away the value for science, the value for orange, you're wide open to anything. It kind of, it kind of takes us in a way all the way back to pre-orange. Yeah. You know, where <laughs> maybe to purple. You now have kind of the modern equivalent of snake oil peddlers. Yeah. You know, that, hey, take my little potion, um, it'll cure everything. And, yeah. And so it, it becomes very difficult to sift through, you know, what's true and what's not and and to make informed decisions. And it also, you know, makes it very difficult for the common person who is told that they should no longer trust anybody in a position of authority. Yeah. And so, you know, everyone is dismissed as having an agenda. And sure, you know, everyone does have some kind of agenda. Yeah. But it makes life itself incredibly complex and challenging. Yeah, and another thing we see in our world today is because of this truth vacuum, because we've eliminated hierarchies or we're often uh, told to eliminate them, then you have a vacuum. And that vacuum allows blue, red, anybody to kind of come in and take the power. But that's also part of this performative contradiction as well, as Green says, you know, we want a seat for everyone at the table. Yeah. Except for, you know, the person that's propagating all this evil that we see in the world. We don't want to hear their ideas. But Green doesn't have the structure with no truth and no hierarchies yeah. to remove them <laughs> from the table. And, that's and right. so, you know, I know this is hard to kind of wrap your mind around, but that's why we're trying to give, you know, some of these examples. But Rick, I think we also need to move on to one other smaller aspect. And this one isn't so concerning to me as much as it is just something that if that green uh, needs to deal with and that is green can be so idealistic yeah that it gets nothing done in reality 
Mm. And and so it reminds me of the old saying, you know, so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting piece to the green that they can have a cause that they're very passionate about and they can gather and talk about the cause and they could even maybe go out and have picket signs or something, but they don't usually create any kind of system because <laughs> they're against that or hierarchy or powerful force in order to deal with the problem. And so it's a lot of talk. It's a lot of protest. But in the end, they're not the, it's not a color that's going to put together something powerful and useful and practical and scientific that could actually solve or deal with the problem. So you just hear a lot. There's a lot of noise from green, but action is not always their strong suit. Yeah, I, I kind of remember, I think this was all the way back, Rick, in 2012, but I might be getting that date wrong. But um, many of us kind of remember when the whole Occupy Wall Street Mm-hmm. Um, was was huge and getting a lot of press and and um, while they were gathering, um, Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's ice cream came along and said, "Hey guys, you know this is your moment. You've got our attention. We could help you build a system to put your ideas into practice. You know to make this a reality. Mm-hmm. The, the kinds of things you know the." the job opportunities, the equality in the workplace that you're raising a voice for. And, uh, and they rejected the offer. Said, no, 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 we're not, you guys are corporate. We don't yeah. want anything to do with that. <laughs> Nothing you to know, do with corporate. Just leave us alone. And, and so now, you know, here's the question I ask Rick, what are the fruits of Occupy Wall Street? What tangible difference did, did, it, did it make? And to that, I say, Occupy Wall Street? Question mark. <laughs> like we barely remember it. So there you go. Yeah, and... it just, you know, and I've seen that, and I, I, I've wrestled with this in myself. You know, I, I resonate with Green's idealism. I want that peaceful world where we all hold hands and sing Kumbaya and, and love each other and get along in perfect harmony. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. Mm hmm. But when it comes to building the systems that would support that, yeah, uh, that's where I get a little lost. I get a little overwhelmed. I'm not quite sure what that might look like. Yeah. And I just want to add one thing before we wrap up Green Will that I, I know we touched on, but I realize we didn't really hit it clearly. And that is this Green that does want to have that kumbaya, wants to bring everybody together can in of itself be very vindictive and very Mm. cold and very exclusive when they think you're not on their page, when you're not being inclusive. So they can be ruthless in attacking people who attack others. So there's an, again, the performative contradiction, the irony that the minute you do anything that is against others or is you know, harmful or derogatory, then they will come at you full force of what a terrible person you are and not see the contradiction among themselves that they are eliminating a whole group of people from uh, the world. They're not very tolerant of people who are intolerant, which again, irony. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. The intolerance for the intolerant is also a part of that performative contradiction 
for a color that has attempted to bring all voices to the table and all beliefs to the table by saying there's no truth, it's fascinating um, how vindictive they are towards those that disagree. Yeah. You know, you may not even yeah. be doing something against their cause, but simply questioning, is yeah. that the best way to do take on this cause? Is that the right way to approach this challenging and complex topic? Yeah. And just by bringing up questions, green can cut you off at the at the knees. Yeah, there's not a lot of room for complexity and nuance and just human failings because yeah. none of us are perfect. And so green can be very quick to just jump on somebody who has a failing or who, you know, makes the wrong post or takes the wrong side of one of their issues. And boom, you're out the door uh, before you ever had a chance to explain or apologize or anything. And, and also, green can easily overlook some approaches, say, that orange has done that have actually been very effective in accomplishing green's ideals. Yeah. So let me just give you an example of that. I remember talking with an individual who had heard, seen the success of some of the microloans that we've heard about in some countries where there's extreme poverty. And what they'll do is banks will go in there and they'll offer microloans to women, to the marginalized, to those who don't have any means of survival. And they take that money and they'll come up with a, their own small business mm -hmm. and then they pay it back. Yeah. And their company has a sustainable method for growing money and growing the economy of a very impoverished country and helping the marginalized in the process. And, and I got excited hearing about this. And so I said to this guy, oh man, maybe the church should get involved with that and we could do this and that. And they said, oh no, no, no. Uh, you wouldn't have the heart to do what you have to do to, for this to be successful. I said, well, explain more. I said, if they don't pay the loan, there's no mercy. Like mm. they know they have to pay it back by a certain time or they're back out on the street. Mm. Like there's no compassion. But because of kind of this hard-hearted approach, mm. there's a beautiful empowering yeah. of money flowing in. And I'm, yeah. I'm not arguing this is the only way to do it. Right. But I'm just saying that Orange has found some ways Right. That right. we, that Green would never want to do. Right. And use those to actually effectively address certain situations helping the poor and the marginalized. And again, I appreciate the example, but it's, it's one of millions of examples that if you just open your eyes and kind of look around, and now that you see green and orange and these colors, you'll see this everywhere. Yes. And it will help you to see why certain people are fighting in your workplace, why certain posts are being made on social media. You can start to see these colors and how they interact. And again, that's our point for bringing all this up so that you can be aware of it. And we're real excited about getting to yellow next week. Right, Will? Yes, yes, yes. So if you're starting to feel a little discouraged at this point, feeling like, man, I don't know, you know, like, I'm not sure that I really fully resonate with orange. I'm not sure that I fully resonate with green. There's got to be something beyond that. Yes, there is. There is yellow, and we can't wait to talk about that next week. Yellow comes to the rescue. Yellow takes us to what we call 
the second tier, mm-hmm. Rick. And it, it's the first color that uh, we're going to be talking about that's a second tier color. Yes. If the first tier colors are all fighting with each other. They all believe if the whole world was just my color, it would solve everything. If the whole world was just blue, it would solve everything. If it was all orange, it would solve it. If it was all green, it would solve it. But none of that's true. Yeah. And all it leads to is a bunch of fighting between blue, orange, green, all claiming they have the solution. Yeah. All fighting each other. Mm-mm-mm. but getting nowhere and good news folks hope is on the way that's yes. what yellow is yellow is the hope yellow is the goal yellow is that next level totally different level than all the prior levels and we can't wait to get to that next week absolutely so thank you for joining us today as we've done a deep dive into green and next week We'll continue the season on Spiral Dynamics, talking more about the color yellow, the first, second tier color, the one that gives us hope in all of this. And so we can't wait to be discussing that with you next week. Absolutely, Will. But for now, you have been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns and Dr. Rick Johns. And we look forward to being with you again next week in our next episode. Thanks for listening today. If you want more information about the Best Thoughts podcast, you can go to mysoulcare.net. Click on the Best Thoughts podcast tab and you'll find all of our podcasts in one convenient location. And also, this is the perfect place to contact us, leave us a comment, uh, and let us know what you think about our podcast. And this season, we're trying to take it up a level and we need your help. Could you please rate and review this podcast? And most importantly, if you know someone who would enjoy it, share that with others. And thanks so much for listening.